This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, Master Chief, out, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name's Anthony Nicolosi. I'm Skylar Sokol. I am filling in for Sean today. <laughs> That's and right. The topic is um, today we're gonna be talking about obscure game mechanics. Your your oh. podcasting skills have really gone downhill in your hiatus, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to throw it to me that was the worst throw you've ever done uh, in the history of our podcast it on the fucking floor you really, you really pick did. it up <laughs> um anyway obscure game mechanics and now what this is is mechanics in games that maybe were intentional maybe weren't but they're they're not something that they're really taught to the player at any point in the game they're just a mechanic that's in the game either players figure it out or maybe like it, maybe they're taught obscurely. I don't know. But basically, it's it's sort of these like tribal knowledge mechanics. I think one of the best examples to like understand what we're talking about is crouch jumping. That that mechanic Yay. in tons of FPS is a mechanic where when you jump onto an object, if you're about if you can't reach that can't quite reach that object, uh, you can instead tuck your legs right up to your like centipede compress up and land on the object anyway. That's crouch jumping. Yeah, in Halo, you get the added wrinkle that it actually barely moves you up to. So actually implemented to improve the mechanic. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if Bungie ever said that it was in. Or it's a quirk of the animation, maybe, or something. It was a quirk of the physics system of the one of the original like engine that Halo had, and they just rolled, kept rolling with yeah. it because it turned into a thing. So I'm this mechanic's sure. in a lot of games. It's not just Halo. It's in Counter-Strike. Right. It's in Valorant. It's been in a ton of multiplayer shooters and even other games, too, I'm sure, like platforming games and stuff, I'm sure, have similar mechanics. So I guess... What is your what do you think about these mechanics? Do you do you let's say you go into a game, do you like do you like this mechanic? Another mechanic another example is like sealing shots in Rocket League, flip resets, another unintentional mechanic that has become okay. So what do you think? Well, well actually, and before we round out the list, I just want to say because Sean's in chat, Sean Dev Sean is in chat, and he uh, is right. One of the first reasons why I told Skyler maybe we should talk about this is because of a conversation we had. In the Discord, which if you're not part of, you should totally join so you can join in on interesting conversations like this, where we were talking about what Sean brought up cryptic mechanics in Dark Souls. Right. Right. And he gave, let me tell you this example, he said, like, he said, don't get me started about the Dark Souls 1 DLC. And I said, no, now you have to tell me. And he said, here's an example of something you have to do. You have to go to the Darkroot Basin, beyond the waterfall, there's a cave with the Golden Golem, kill this to free the Dusk of Olaseel. From there, go to Duke's archives, head up the elevator, and kill the crystal golem for a broken pendant. From there, head back to you where you fr- where you freed that first dusk of all the seal and darkroot basin. Examine the strange purple cloud that's now there, and from here you'll be tele 
teleported to the sanctuary garden. And apparently there's a boss on the other side of that. That's actually pretty cool. A secret boss. So this stuff is not told to you in the game. There may be like lore hinting at it, but this isn't like a quest in WoW where it's like, go here, come back here. This is completely obscure. This is like classic Zelda stuff too, right? Where you have to figure out some weird obscure puzzle to like open up a door or whatever. Right. But granted, the big difference between the Dark Souls one and the crouch jumping is the Dark Souls one is 100% intentional, whereas the crouch jumping is unknown. Unknown, as in you don't know if the. Right, 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 right. right. But it definitely doesn't feel intentional necessarily, whereas the Dark Souls thing definitely feels intentional, right? Like, I, I think that's an interesting wrinkle to discuss in itself. Yeah, me um, too. But. Uh, I guess maybe to get back to your question, your first question, I think you're more asking about these unintentional or unknown intention mechanics. I mean, let's talk about both. So first, how do you feel about the intentional ones, these intentional, really obscure things that you would have to dive either deep into the game to figure out or maybe just stumble upon? Um, in the words of the great Jesse Shell, I feel like there's a few, few lenses to look at this through, right? So Perfect. as a player... When so I don't know if this is actual how accurate this act, the statement actually is, but when I used to play Final Fantasy games, I felt like there were situations similar to not necessarily as ridiculous per se, but as this Dark Souls one in which like I would have had no clue to fucking do it or be able to do it if I didn't have the guide sure. you know, that I bought. Yes, it smelled so fucking good that I bought at Barnes and Nobles. You know, yes. um, so, um. I I don't know. I personally so uh, first as a player, I've enjoyed I enjoy them. I feel it's it's kind of like this mysterious secret especially in the single player games. I'll let me differentiate here a little bit. Like yes. in the single player games where these like there's experiences behind the thing, it's a secret uh you f- find being able to solve and do accomplish you know figure out the secret to obtain the experiences like a reward in itself if you will. Um, I gotta say, I feel like you would never solve one of these ever, though. You would churn long before you figured this shit out. I, 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 right now, where I am in my gaming career, right? Like, for example, there was a Halo, somewhere in Zeta Halo, you can find this, like, crevice in a cave that if you get to, there's a party of grunts around a hamburger party, right? Uh I'll never find that. Like, I just don't have the time. I'm not going to do it. Right. Back in the day, I used to do that. Shit, sure. You know? But in the modern day, it's not really your thing. Now, I think it's interesting because a lot of these mechanics, right? There's two different eras here. There's the era of like, the original Zelda games where there was nowhere you could look this shit up. You had to figure right. this shit out. Mario 64 as well. There's like walls that are entire levels that if you want to perfect the game, you just have to jump into a fucking wall. Right. Like a, a sand wall. And so... In the modern day, these mechanics are really different because really only one person in the world has to figure them out who has access to YouTube, and then everyone knows the answer if they want it. Right. And um, I don't know, man. I Why would... Uh, on that note, why did they make... Do you think they... That those kinds of situations um, in the old games where they, they left some of these experiences in like this or whatever, you think they were... All intentional? You know, oh, yeah. Just maybe a product of like they had it in, so they just shipped it with it anyway. No, I don't or? think they're bad. I think the Mario mechanics awesome. The the levels that are like hidden in the walls are really cool to find. It's really cool that you like get to a dead end and you're like, why is this a dead end? And then you just jump at the wall and you go into it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's awesome. Those are like some of my favorite implementations of these kinds of mechanics. Like the surprise factor is so high and so cool. And they're not like impossible to figure out. It's not like this oh. Dark Souls shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, let's use that example. I was thinking about this earlier. I actually think these kinds of like uh, situations similar to the Mario one you just explained have strong emotional design. A hundred percent. Because when you do it, when you find that wall, when you fucking face through the wall and you find a thing, super strong visceral reaction, right? Like yes. you said, the surprise, right? There is a behavioral change that occurs due to it. You're going to be fucking trying walls out, yep. you know? Of course, yes. <laughs> you, you're going, or you're going to be looking out for spaces that could do that. And the reflective component is extremely strong. You're going to tell the person, right? Like you want to tell somebody, I found this secret wall. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. You really remember those moments um, of finding that. And, and we lose you. a lot of that in the modern games because, like I said, only one person really has to find it. So either they have to make them obscenely obscure so that, like, it's hard to find them and takes a long time and maybe people will find them more. Or, like, I don't know, or you just accept that, like, you put a secret in for like a few people, but most people are just going to look it up and that's okay. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I don't know. Like, I, do you know of any games that, I don't know, maybe you could leverage procedural generation in some kind of way to really make a surprise in a sense unique. I mean, like the problem with procedural generation is that never really feels intentional. Right. Making something yeah. procedurally generated that also feels like intentional in a meaningful way is really challenging. Yeah. I mean, granted, you could like alter, like change one variable of the thing randomly, like to say you have to do this in this order for one person, but this order for another person. So it like ends up being different right. for a lot of people, even if the overall method is similar. That could add a little bit of interest to the to the puzzle, right? Yeah. I will say, yeah. sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, Agora will have some secrets and it'll be interesting to oh. see how people interact with them. Unfortunately, those secrets probably will be like, you, you know, like all these other secrets we're talking about. Somebody's going to find it, could post it to YouTube. Of course. And I think that's, we accept that just like these yeah, devs we must as well. We so that. now let's get to the controversial topic. I don't think anyone, like, I mean, great. The, the, the other side of this topic, this, this, uh, this single player one, these intentional ones, it's just people don't want to feel like the game is wasting their time. And if they have to walk around hitting every wall, looking for shit, that's a waste of their time. And that's sort of modern Anthony, Right. He can't afford well, to have the game waste his time, even if it's cool. I, that's what I was going to ask, though. Modern Anthony, to your point before, doesn't play this kind of a game. No, right? it, it's true. But even I mean, you just gave the example of Halo Infinite, right? You are playing that kind of game, which has some Easter eggs and you haven't been looking for them. You're not spending time roaming around trying to find them. Uh, and that's in one like, of your favorite franchises of all time. Yeah, but I, I, I guess. From my perspective, it'd be one thing if it's a Easter egg like that, because that's really more Easter eggy, right? Yes. Like, then it was like um, this Dark Souls example where there's some sweet experience on the other side. I think that, I think that in a world where Halo Infinite existed, there's awesome experiences. But Actually, you wouldn't know the sweet experience exists. That's the whole point. You don't know yeah, if it's no. going to be a sweet experience. You mean if I didn't have the internet? Right, correct. Right, so I was going to say, this is kind of similar to like some things you could do where you could break out of the map in the old Halos, like Halo 2, before internet was like 
what it was now uh-huh. um, as readily available. I uh, I actually didn't know you could do some of the things that I found out years later you could do. I don't feel per- I personally don't feel bummed out. I missed out on it, uh-huh. but um, like I feel like it's cool there was a secret. So yeah, I, I think some people get that. Just like the fact that there is a secret and you now have the secret knowledge, even if all you did was Google about it, still gives like some degree of satisfaction. I think. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. But anyway, I could I could totally understand if somebody was tilted over a super cool experience that they just like never figured out right or uh, would never see and God, they- i swear there's a game that i actually played that's like this it's like fucking missing no what's his what? was the fucking pokemon that's the not that was not player? intentional is he not intentional? no not at all he's he's shit though that's if you didn't get him you missed out missing no yeah that's like that's a glitch which is a different conversation actually great transition anthony into our next conversation which is the other side of this which you've got you got your podcasting skill back it only took like half a podcast and now you're now you're back uh uh, so this is the side of multiplayer this is the side of this was a glitch and now it's some like obscure tribal knowledge that we don't teach the players but it's there should we keep it in this I think flip resets is one of the best examples of this because literally flip resets were a bug that got into Rocket League and then Rocket League Sideswipe came out and it literally has flip resetting as a core mechanic of the game with UX design around it indicate like visual indication is literally like a mechanic built into the game that is taught and understood. Yeah, it's interesting. The Sideswipe um the, the like you said the sw- the ux elements that kind of built into flip resets for sideswipe i wonder if that's like somehow a manifestation of them wishing they could put more ux elements into rocket league or, or maybe a know. test to see if they should yeah or maybe a test right. to, to should, but yeah, yeah but like what do you think about that do you think they should have like patched out flip resetting right away like should they should if someone finds a glitch that makes like that gives them a competitive advantage in a shooter. Should that get patched out? Uh, wh- where is the line, right? Like in Valorant, crouch jumping is still there, but the glitch, re- the thing where you can like shoot up in the air and land on an obscure point in the map that other people can't get to is patched out. So like, where's the line? Yeah, I, I feel like it's not a one-dimensional question. Like, does it stay or does it go? I feel like there's a few variables to consider, and the. Case of like flip using flip reset as an example, the variables, um, and I think this probably applies to most games. One of the variables is this mechanic, this unintentional mechanic. How easy is it to do? Right, that's one thing. How much does it affect the game within the scope of the rules that exist? I -hmm. guess, like, yeah, if fucking flip resetting like gave you a goal. I mean, when it was found, it basically did for people who practice it. It really did. Yeah. I mean, for so so there's that. And how does it affect um, potentially the mastery path that the game has? Right. Because like if if all of a sudden for I don't think this this didn't end up happening, but, you know, not it wasn't flip reset, but in Rocket League, the what's it called? Chain dashing against the wall. Yeah, sure. You know how you yes. could do that thing where you yes. could chain dash against yes. the wall? It 
had enough trade-offs that people didn't just do it all the time. But imagine that it was so good that you were just incentivized to always be on the walls all uh-huh. game. You know what I mean? Yep. That kind of breaks sort of the mastery path and like design you had for the entire experience, right? Right. Um, because everyone's on the fucking walls now and all these other things don't apply. So you kind of weigh these things together and you eva- and you decide – yeah, this is breaking the, uh, the holistic evaluation of this is such that we should get the, rid of this thing. Maybe it's so for flip reset. I I think it's good that it stayed. Like I think it's a cool mechanic that adds to the mastery path of Rocket League and stays with the mastery. I path mean, Rocket, Rocket League, League has adopted a philosophy at least in its later years of leaving in every mechanic that's found. Basically, yeah. Do you have an example of one that they didn't? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of Rocket League, if you did a frame perfect double jump, you would get significantly more height than a regular double than a regular jump. Um, And people made macros in the game so that every time you jumped, it would automatically do this and automatically give you this like this jump uh, benefit. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's frame perfect. Like again, if you're, I, I it depends. I don't know of how big the advantage was, but um, I, I suppose that if the if, if the jump advantage was significant enough in that particular situation, maybe you patched that out, and maybe that's why they patched it out. How big of a jump advantage was it? Like, big. It was a. I mean, it was like a fifty percent higher. Okay. Yeah, it's weird because in Halo you have this notion of a spring jump. That's very difficult. You have to you have to jump, right? While you're in air, you need to hold crouch. When you are while holding crouch, when you hit the ground, you need to let go of crouch and jump at the same time. And that subsequent jump is higher than a normal jump by I think like 50%. And this is in infinite? It's in infinite. It's in five. They intentionally kept it in infinite. Oh, so though, it was so a glitch know. that they kept. I mean, yeah, it seems like Halo no. has also done the keep the glitches sort of approach almost always. In a lot of places, yes. Um, and maybe just because their community is so ravenous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of... Uh, well, and the other thing too, right? In Halo... So, for example, if you have a class-based shooter and one kind of character gets a glitch like that, that could really fuck the whole game up, yes. right? Like if one of the guys who, yeah, his advantage already within the scope of the other classes is that he's more agile, fuck his movements better. If all of a sudden his movements a lot better, he fucks the design of everything. Yeah, but I mean, even in a game where you don't have class based, right? If someone gets a significant advantage from a mechanic that requires extreme execution, that sort of sucks for like you're basically splitting the the player base with each of those mechanics if they're significant enough and this is probably part of the variable consideration you were mentioning earlier right like if a mechanic is so significant that the difference between doing it and not is like winning and losing you've basically and you keep it in you basically split the player base between players who do it and players who don't and now you have two player bases for your game that are that are completely incompatible I mean, I agree with you if there's a mechanic that's drastically good enough that can cause significant enough differential. And like, I think that it, that's a problem when there's two players who are equal skilled 
otherwise, but there's just a knowledge of a mechanic that makes the difference. Well, right? a knowledge you and mean, a practice. Well, because I don't know about that. Like, because I I could I could find that justifiably saying like it's just increasing the skills skill ceiling, right? But uh, almost artificially increasing the skill ceiling in a way, because it's not getting more skilled at the game. It's getting skilled at some bullshit execution bug that wasn't even intended in the original design. So in the event, in the event that it doesn't fuck with the rules and kind of design flow thing that I was talking about. I think it can add to the skill yeah, ceiling. Uh, well, I, mean, I think Rocket League has shown that, right? Yeah. Well, and and I think a nice another thing that's important when considering the mechanics is like the trade off of executing the mechanic, for example. Um, for so, like in the case of flip reset, you can set yourself up for a flip reset. If you fuck the flip reset, you do kind of are kind of screwed in the air a little bit, right? Yeah. Although we have gotten to a point in the game where the people who are good at them basically never mess them up, which no, is yeah, another, you can another get question, good enough right? to reduce that. Right. Right. But it's like, I mean, if there's a, the more of a trade-off, I guess there is with pursuing the mechanic, for example, like the spring jump, if you are planning a spring jump and you fuck the spring jump, many times you get fucked from it. Right. Right. Like, cause you'll make a play assuming you're hitting it. And when you don't, like, you're in big trouble. And right. it's not trivial to execute. Right. So, um, But that's not taught yeah. any... Well, let me rephrase. Halo Infinite doesn't teach the player shit. The, the <laughs> teaching part of the game is very bad, in my opinion. So I, I'm, I'm assuming they don't teach you that anywhere. No. Or, yeah, yeah. Do you and think I'm, it would be good if they did? Is there any problem with that? If there was just like, you know, if in addition to the gun tutorials, they had like movement tutorials and there was the basic movement, no, there was I like slides. Would... They taught you the slide momentum jump thing. They taught you the, the spring jump. They taught you crouch jumping. I feel like that's good. Yeah, I don't I don't think there would be a problem personally. I'm sure there's some sweaty dude somewhere who would care, you know, and a few people. Right. It's like tribal knowledge. Right. Uh, they want to feel like they're in this exclusive club and this yeah, and they're not cool anymore because their parents are now telling people about it. <laughs> I'm sure there'd be some gatekeeping going on, but um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think you would do like I actually just for what it's worth, the Halo Infinite tutorial in the Academy is actually great. It was done really well, in my opinion. Um, and if that experience was extended to include these advanced mechanics, I don't see a problem. I do think it would need to be emphasized that there's an advanced offering that you can do if you want to, because if it was included in the base mechanics, maybe a new player would be able to understand like, well, I can't play this game. Right, it's right, just right. way too hard, you know? Um, but I think it would, wouldn't hurt, you know? Um, yeah, I totally agree. No, I, I'm in totally agreement on that. I think for me, actually the best thing to do about these kinds of mechanics is adding them to the teaching of the game. Now, Rocket League is lucky that it has, um, hold on, had to cough, big, um, big cough, big cough, that it has a custom tutorial system where people can make their own right. like map packs. So people have made their own tutorials for all these obscure mechanics, basically. That plus YouTube basically teaches these mechanics. But in other games, I feel like it's great to add tutorials for these kinds of advanced mechanics. And I don't think there should be any problem with that. Uh, Valorant's a really good example, actually, because in 
the tutorial area, there's like a platforming puzzle section that you can try and complete. That's really, really hard. And in order to complete it, you have to crouch jump and you have to use these advanced hmm. movement mechanics. It doesn't tell you that, but in order to beat it, you have to use them. So it's at least a step in the right direction. Uh, I mean, with the Internet as a consideration for learning, right? Yep. Yeah, I was going to say in this day and age, you I'm sure game devs to some extent um given their you know all there's always limitations schedule limitations budget limitations or whatever like in the case of valorant they might have been like well do we not include any kind of platforming tutorial because we don't have the the ability to introduce crouch jump properly or do we just Put the platforms at a crouch jump height and know that the internet's going to take yeah, and care of And this isn't it. even you know a part mean? of a tutorial. This is like a hidden platforming puzzle oh, okay. in the tutorial oh, section. More. It's like a secret. Yeah. So, um, so it sort know, of implies I, to you, you might need to learn some advanced things to beat it, which I think is an okay way to do it. Well, and especially, so in the case of Halo, what we saw in Halo 5, it's not available yet in Infinite. It's coming in May. Uh, Forge really helped out. Like people would make to your like what you're saying kind of like in rocket league they would make maps or whatever to explicitly go after and like train against right certain things right they would script certain objects such that you needed to whatever chain mechanics in a way to be able to do it blah 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 so yeah i guess if you're game shipping with ugc stuff in mind then maybe you also it helps you let the, the player base do your work for you yeah <laughs> yep you that's, that's interesting yeah i cool uh, you have any? I any, don't know. I personally, I'm personally a fan of cryptic mechanics. Um, I, I, I am. I can understand sort of the pure theoretical reason why they would design reason why they suck. The I think the management of the unintentional ones is one of the most interesting things, right? Like how you manage that. And how yeah, you, uh, I think. Cryptic mechanics in single player games, uh, as long as they're like somewhat figure outable, are great. They're really cool. They're really interesting. In multiplayer games, you have to be a little more careful. But I think if you do it right, they can also really add to the experience. Rocket League being like the quintessential example nowadays. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if and just last thing, there's so many variables on that multiplayer thing because I was just, you said that and I was like, if if dynamically updating the mastery path when somebody finds a new mechanic is not trivial, right? Like that fucks with your matchmaking with your skill-based algorithms. Like uh, it could, right. Especially if it splits the player base, like I was saying earlier, right? It could totally yeah, fuck like, with your algorithms. You can really fuck a game up with some game changing mechanics like that. So, okay, cool. Right on. I think, I think we have a patron question. Do you really want to try and answer this in one in, in right now? Uh, yeah, fucking Evan came with this super <laughs> mega in, an enormous juggernaut question. All right, I'm, I'm saying we're going to answer it, but we have three minute total limit. Uh, or do we do it another time and answer Dylan's? Does Dylan have a the, question? The best go-to sleepover snacks. Okay, let's do that one. We'll save Evans for a full podcast, I guess. Or Evans, you can go listen to any of the previous podcasts where we've already addressed that question tons of times. You butthead. I think I'm going to ask Evan if there's a certain thing that came to mind that made him say yeah. that. Like, you know what I mean? Anyway, no spoilers. No. 
Best go-to sleepover snacks and why? If you don't say Cheez-Its, I don't know what you're saying, right? Or goldfish. Is that what you're going to say? I, like, that's my predictions for Anthony. Goldfish or Cheez-Its? What, what do you so say? So back in the day, back in the day, undoubtedly, the thing I would answer is the, um, you know, the cream cheese icing that you would put oh on. Oh, my God. Like You just scooping cream cheese ice cream in. into your mouth? Yes, I was. Oh, no. It was super good. Oh, like, or no. you, you get like a knife because if you have a knife, like a butter knife, uh, in in um, in contrast to the spoon, limits you artificially. You can, well, and you can kind of get like different angles of the icing onto <laughs> your knife, so you kind of get like a forty-five degree wedge off the knife that you like fling off into the upper like corner of your mouth and then if you like you can just like really scoop and get like a bunch on the knife you can it's versatile spoon you kind of like you you don't have as many methods of attack unless you flip it around and you use the handle i also feel like spoon is more guilty it's also (laughs) gross man you like get more that's a lot of icing to eat in one bite um i have um, I wouldn't say every time by any means, but I definitely on a couple of occasions took out a whole tub. By oh my God. Because my best friend, his that's mom, fucked up. How are you alive? His, his mom like loved baking and stuff. And so uh, a lot of times we were, it was like classic, like spoiled sleepover story, like wake up to like freshly baked muffins and shit. And anyway, I snuck their shit. I got you. My favorite sleepover snack is probably also just my favorite snack, which is chips. I love chips, especially good flavors of chips. I'll eat the fuck out of it. I'm not a chips guy. I can eat like one of those big. If I'm not, if I don't pace myself and like force myself to stop, I can eat like any size of chip bag you give me. If I just like am sitting with it, I will finish it guaranteed if I don't stop myself. Any chips, any good flavor that I like. But any texture. Yeah, I like kettle chips mostly. No, that's important differential there, right? Like, because Lay's versus kettle chips are very different. Well, Lay's are fucking disgusting. They are in F tier for a reason on my... Check out my snack tier list in the food section of the Discord. You can see that Lay's are in fucking trash tier. Although, (laughs) uh, Supreme Cron Cocktail Lay's... They get they get they go up a oh, little yeah. bit. They go up a little bit. Also, the British yeah. Lays actually were way less greasy than the American Lays. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Is that your problem with them? Too thin, too greasy? A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. Same. 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 Yeah, maybe one time we're gonna have to do a snack tier list thing. I did one. It's in the food channel. But just chips. No. Oh, really? Did I do I think I did a snack tier. Yeah, I did a snack tier list and I did a chip tier list. Well, if you want to see Skylar's snack tier list, you can do that on our Discord. That's you can right. find our Or you Discord. can click on this link in the chat. <laughs> or you yeah, if you were yeah, if you're listening to this on audio, you can watch these live. It's just, honestly, it's been a little inconsistent recently when we do them because we are grinding our butts off to try and get a new build of Agora ready for GDC coming at the end of March. And for playtests so before we, that. So really we're and trying for to get it done before this March. Month. Yeah. Yeah, this month. Oh, my God. Like, we're trying to get it done by the end of the month. It's absolute psychosis everywhere for everyone involved. But usually Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. You can watch us live there. We post the VODs to YouTube. You can check them out there. Um, And you can follow us on any and all social media, Koala underscore ENT. You can find links to those at our website, koalaentertainment.com. And most importantly, 
Just most importantly, we're making a game called Agora. Oh, my shirt. <laughs> and we actually did release, uh, just released merch for it. If you want to support the studio by getting some. Cool. Look at my Agora logo. Oh, it looks really dota y It's kind of similar to the Agora logo. It's got some it's got some similarities though, I'm realizing. Symmetrical, you know, simple, yeah. clean. Um yeah, you can find information about Agora, ex- including links to um it on Steam, where if you wish list it wish list it, it would be amazing. We would be so grateful at KOKoalaEntertainment.com. Thank you to our patrons for all their amazing support. Just sent out some um, a ton of gifts to them this week. You get a ton of perks as part of your subscription. You get free merch every six months. If you're in the Kuala Manjaro tier, you get free stickers every three months. If you're in the $5 or $10 tier, you get free stickers. Even if you're at the $2 tier, you get access to the realm. You get behind-the-scenes content. It's like the whole shebang. So you get tons of stuff if you're part of the Patreon if you'd like to consider supporting the studio that way. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see ya. See ya next time.